The evening of December 26th, earlier that day, Jean Benet's body was found and the street outside was quiet. They brought Jean Benet's body out past the candy canes that were decorating the front of the house and there were only like two reporters outside to capture that. And then the storm happened. Jean Benet Ramsey, the little girl in Colorado, was murdered. Beauty queen Jean Benet. Jean Benet's murder has frightened residents of Boulder. This case had everything. It had a beautiful little girl murdered, found in her home, her parents as suspects, videotape of her in beauty pageants. It touched every parent's heart. Um, this was a child who was put to bed by her parents and never woke up. I mean, that's every parent's nightmare. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Josh, and the Aluma Mommy herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the John Bonet Conspiracy. spirit oh that war on christmas again is that that what that sticky substance on my back is christmas spirit oh yeah oh yeah that ain't snow that's cum jesus (laughs) something to the imagination josh we started this show swinging folks so here we go christmas it's that time of year we're winding it down season one of the conspiracy therapy podcast and uh we're happy because one and a half. Yeah, it's kind of one and a half. <laughs> um, Mid season finale. We're we're happy. Well, the first season was what what, what they call the the test the trial period. Yeah, you, know, you get the short order of like a handful of French fries. You get eighty episodes this yeah. first season and a half. You should be grateful. You it's bastards. like the season one of Seinfeld is only four <laughs> episodes. That's dumb. And then the second episode. Anyways. All right. God, I love that show. We digress all the time. All the time. So, it's Christmas. So, we Yay. thought, what says Christmas like a Christmas murder mystery about a little girl? And little kids' heads go pop, pop, oh. pop, pop. Jesus. Oh, God. There's a special place in hell for you, sir. <laughs> so... <laughs> this is kind of our generation's Lindbergh baby in some ways. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say it's... Yeah, it's very close. Close only. Lindbergh was famous. That was probably the yeah. biggest difference. Ramsey, but the coverage. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, John Ramsey was pretty. I mean, he was a multimillionaire. His company around the time that this happened was reporting a billion dollar gain. So wow. Um. That's what happens when you're tied to Lockheed Martin, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Missiles, guns, war. Anyway, we'll get, we're going to get into that shit. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. 
Let's pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. A little bit of truth corner. Have you guys ever watched any of these child pageants before? Anybody can interject. Mm, no, not my thing. I watched Toddlers and Tierras a couple oh. of times. <sighs> I know. Is that the Honey Boo Boo? Yeah. Yeah. Was that a spinoff? Honey Boo Boo was a Honey spin-off? Bo- Yeah, Honey Boo Boo was the spinoff. Of Honey Toddlers Boo Boo is the Mork and Mindy of... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what happens, though. You get, like, one intense personality, and it becomes, like, the mm-hmm. focal point. Mm-hmm. Well, but- yeah, and she was, like, especially famous out of the Toddlers and Tierras because her mom made her drink go-go juice, which was Mountain Dew and Red Bull mixed together. <laughs> wow, gave yeah. her fuel. Yeah. yeah. That'll make she, you go-go. And she called it go-go juice. Mama June called it go-go juice oh, and gave Lord. it to her four-year-old kid. I call it diabetes, but that's, <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> well, kidding. Yeah, no matter how you spin it. All right. So, Josh, you said no. I say, Steph, I, I think there's a special place in hell for people who enjoy child pageantry. Unfortunately, I don't want to single anybody out who's a listener who maybe was in child pageants or... That wasn't your fault if you were in it. It's not. But I honestly think it's like the closest How's to legal. therapy going? I, yeah. I also think it's kind of like legal pedophilia in a way. Mm-hmm. But that's my point. So we're going to do the scale one to 10. You ready? <laughs> I'm afraid of this one. Uh, yeah, you're giving us a look. <laughs> I thought of this one on the drive here. Um, Preparation. That's right. Eight. Well, okay. One to 10. How scared are you? You're a five year old little girl in a van full of child pageant judges. Ugh. <laughs> 10 out of 10 because they're probably creepy pedos. I tooted. Oh, great. <laughs> that's that's great, Josh. Thanks for adding that. You're very welcome. <laughs> First toot on air. No, Larry farted in the mic that one time. Well, I know that, but I'm saying Josh is first. I'm saying, is, is, oh, is, yep. does he feel accomplished now? He's well, kind of got a shit in <laughs> My cherry was popped. Oh, God. <laughs> Here comes one of many children. Too much go-go juice. <laughs> I did have half of the ingredients before we did this. Being a male prostitute tires one out. Okay, so Josh says 10 out of 10. April, how scared are you? Five-year-old pageant star in a van full of child star judges. That's got to be like a nine or a ten yeah. for me. And just speaking from the perspective of a woman and who used to be a little girl. <sighs> yeah, no. Is that a fear for little girls? Like, even though, I mean, do you know that you're kind of like ogled by men even? Yeah, I feel like I recall at a very young age being not necessarily taught to be afraid of or, or cautious, I should say, of men. But I feel like that's something that's instilled quite, quite young. Yeah. I'm going to go with um 10. That sounds pretty. I, it's hard to say, if, but do the kids know? I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a kid if I would be actually scared. You probably want to be on your best behavior. Yeah. Are these super simple songs? They are, aren't they? It's not like I listen to these every single day, right? <laughs> this reminds me of that YouTube, like, 
Mommy finger, mommy finger. Oh, God, no, no, mommy no. Mommy finger what? Whoa. <laughs> Keep it PG, sir. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm single man, so... Uh, I, 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 uh, <laughs> Ryan, get your finger up. <laughs> I, I will not. <laughs> not right now. Anyway, uh, I'm going to say 10 as well. The, uh, this whole thing is scary and gross. It's legal pedophilia. It's been around for ages. It's been around too long. You know, for all all the things we're calling out politicians and, and media people and, and celebrities for nowadays for sexual harassment, which we should, should totally yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad that that's happening. And I know that some of that is going to be false, but in the same... I'm glad that there's like empowerment for women to speak out against this like sort of thing. Little kids don't have that much of a voice. And that's the scary, sad situation that you really have with John Bonet. Um, and this is going off the top of my head. One of the stories I read during the research for this episode um, said that one of the pageant judges said that John Bonet had the most insane control of like posing that he'd ever seen in his entire time of judging little kids that he wanted to fuck. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. That just slipped. Um, but no, no, it just that she had muscle control and that sometimes it almost looked like she wasn't even breathing because mm-hmm. she was just so focused on being the best. She won like 26 trophies, but that doesn't count how many times she entered into a contest. You think 26 26- mm-hmm. 26 times for a six-year-old little girl. She died when she was six. 26 trophies. Bitch, I got over 4,000. I ain't got a platinum and posing in front of adults. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what the really screwed up part about the whole children's pageantry is? It's Everything? Okay. Well played. <laughs> um, it's only for girls. There's no boy equivalent. And it really grooms girls to be... Is that Boy Scouts? No, Watch out for all, those, uh, you know what? It's, being a Catholic, it's, it's being an altar boy. You're right. My bad. I should have known better. A, there's a little boy pageant. It's called Catholic School. <laughs> it's called Father Murphy's <laughs> Sleepover. Father Murphy's Sleepover. Father Murphy's Sleepover. Sleepover uh, and confess your sins. Oh, Lord. Okay. Three Hail Marys and ten blowjobs. <laughs> Oh, oh God! Oh. But no, right. I mean, in all seriousness, it's just for it's it's just so creepy. Yeah, it doesn't. It's almost grooming girls for to be sexual objects. Yeah. I just can't wrap my mind about it's what kind fr- of parent would want to do that. It's very hard to understand, but at the same time, Patsy Ramsey, her mother was was a big, um, like beauty queen in her own right. So sometimes that sort of thing kind of falls into the children. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we push our, we want our kids to listen to the, uh, to rush and we want our kids to listen to ACDC, but at the same time, they might end up being like Eminem, which is fine. Mm -hmm. You should allow your kids to be individuals instead of trying to make them into what you want them to be. And that's kind of, that's kind of the thing with, with this, this, this family and these rich elites, uh, like I said, John was a multimillionaire, and uh, that whole family was interesting, to say the least. So we're going to kind of, I want to start by kind of explaining the case a bit, talking about it, probably telling gruesome jokes, which we'll do, and um, 
I used, there were a couple really good articles. Um, CNN has a really good breakdown of the case that ha- the article was released in 2016. Children's News Network. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so we're going to start there. And then um, I would love to delve into theories and then also some of the more modern day kind of things that have come up about what people seem to think is actually going on. So, all right. So now we did decide that this was kind of our Christmas episode, which might seem dark, (laughs) but, but, but I think all of us, I mean, three out of the four of us are parents and, um, you know, in a way it's kind of an homage to the girl that, you know, unfortunately her, her case is still unsolved. Um, we'll give you guys our ideas at the end of what we think might've happened, but in the same sense, I, I feel this is more of a tribute to somebody who, you know, had it. I, I believe even though she was part of a rich family kind of had, had the shit end of the stick when it came to, to, to life. Um, and a little bit of a tribute. So, um, in 1996, it started a kind of a nice holiday for the Ramsey family. John Ramsey's company, Access Graphics, had grossed more than $1 billion, like I said, in revenue. And it was big news in the Ramsey community of Boulder, Colorado. Have you, any of you guys been to Colorado? No. I would love to go. Me, yeah, right now I'd love to go. <laughs> I know you would. I'll go with you. Because you like skiing, Because right? I love skiing, yes. Oh, that's right. And mountain climbing. And mountain climbing. I like to make sure I get real high on the mountain. Yes, the higher the better. <laughs> and then shoot down. Mm-hmm. Um, JonBenet was a former Little Miss Colorado. She was accustomed to the spotlight. Even at her young age, her mother, Patsy, a former Miss West Virginia. Like I said, a beauty contestant. Um. And the Miss America pageant encouraged John Bonet to, particip- to participate in pageants. And as John Ramsey told CNN, John Bonet had won almost all of them. Quote, Patsy and I used to say she needs to lose some of those pageant, these pageants because she needs to understand you don't always win, but she kept winning. Ramsey said in an interview for the CNN special report. Um, the murder of John Bonet. We wanted John Bonet to have the opportunity to experience her bent towards performing and singing, but we didn't want her to win necessarily because we wanted her to understand in life you don't always win. On Christmas morning, it was always exciting for John Bonet and her nine year old brother Burke. And December 25th, 1996 was no exception. Santa Claus brought John Bonet a brand new bicycle. She and her father tried it out, and that afternoon before the family went to dinner at a close friend's home, she got to ride it. Mm -hmm. Sweet enough. Yeah. When the Ramseys returned that evening, John Bonet was already sleeping, her parents said, and John Ramsey carried her up to her bedroom. Patsy Ramsey helped her, put her to bed. Little did the family know that would be the last time they would see her alive. Oh. I know. So... Now, this is where we get to the sad shit. So, December 26th was going to be a big day for the family. They were going to fly in John Ramsey's private plane to Michigan, which they had a home in Colorado and Michigan, um, and meet up with his older children. Now, Was they, it Alec in Michigan? 
god! Oh, this guy's here again. No, it wasn't Allegan, Michigan. No. And the entire family was going to take a Disney cruise. Lando didn't like that. Mm-mm. Not Patsy, a Disney fan. Not a no. Disney fan. Patsy and John Ramsey got up early. Suddenly, John Ramsey heard a scream from downstairs. The scream was from Patsy Ramsey, who had found an elaborate three-page handwritten ransom note. Now, before we get too too far, I would like to read said ransom note. And um, hold on, let me make sure this is this is set up here. I sound like a real amateur right now. No different. <laughs> um, I would like to read this ransom note for you guys so that you know what this said. Now, I want to say before I start to, to, to show you what this said, this is the longest ransom note in American history. Wow. And pro- possibly in the entire world it, it is really long so without further ado hold on should yes. we take bets on number of mispronounced words in the ransom note that's a good idea five. Oh, i was gonna set the over under at five so that's a good start um i'm gonna go with three i'm gonna go high and say six okay jesus christ better slam another beer <laughs> all right here we go and Listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign fraction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want to see her in 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw. 118,000 from your account. 100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining 18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attached to the bank. When you get home... That was one. Attaché. <laughs> you'll get home... Fuck. When you get home, you'll put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The deliver that's not a mispronunciation. You fucking assholes need to calm down. <laughs> the delivery no. yes. <laughs> The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange on early delivery of the money, and hence Earlier pickup of your day of your daughter. <laughs> Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to provoke them. I advise you not to provoke them. <laughs> Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. What's that? Result? Oh, fuck. (laughs) If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she fucking dies. 
I edited the fucking. <laughs> you will be scanned for electronic devices if any. If any. Is uh, <laughs> found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us, follow her instructions, and stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory! SBTC. And that was the note. What are we standing at? What's I think that was seven. Seven? Yeah. So April wins. Thank oh, you. Jesus. Thank you. Seven? Oh. Seven. I think someone <laughs> wants to come back to you. All right. So they found the ransom note, and it was sad because obviously Ramsey and his friend went down to the basement where he discovered a horror when he opened the cellar door. And she was like, Hey, you going to pay me? Who? The whore. Uh, no, I didn't say he discovered the horror. Where yeah. the hookers at? Good Lord. <laughs> um, so John, I want to also mention that the Boulder police department fucked this up so bad. These were all like the cops that pulled the short straw that had to well, it's ha- Christmas. It's probably like the, yeah. the, the secondary third, it's probably third string at this point. Well, don't most criminals take Christmas off? <laughs> They all spend time with their some criminal of, families. Well, you know, some of them are money driven. So, you know, they'll work the overtime. For sure. So anyway, um, the room, it used to be an old cold room for the house. It was an old house, said John. I opened the door and of course, John Benet was there. I saw her immediately and was, there was a rush of relief. I, he was happy because he found his kid and then he realized she was not good. Good. John Bonet was found with a garret, garret, garret. I think that's how you say it. With a garret fashioned out of rope em- embedded into her neck. The same rope was around one of her wrists, and at the end of the garret was a broken paintbrush that appeared to be from paint or for Patsy Ramsey's art set. One mystery was solved: John Bonet had hadn't been kidnapped, so, but another had just begun. So they had like that was what yeah. they used as leverage to tighten the. Yeah, he, she, um, whoever kidnapped her used the paintbrush and broke the paintbrush and used that to like fashion a garrote. Because a garrote's not, it's not like if you strangle somebody with wire, it's something that you kind of slowly pull and like, okay, let me have a public service announcement right now. Because this is where we get to like really gruesome shit. And I don't know if this is the best way to put this because I know there's people that listen to our show who are going to get curious and they're going to want to look. Let me say right now, I'm a huge fan of true crime. I, I read popular crime by Bill James and that's kind of where the dissection of this case comes from. Whenever they talk about the crime scene, it is so brutal. Like, this is like 
This was, I mean, by all accounts, a super cute little girl. But if you see these crime scenes, I mean, it looks like somebody tried to pop her head. God. It's it's not good, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying I'm 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 giving out the you don't need to be cool to see these pictures. It's not gonna help anything. Don't look it up unless no. you just do not look it up. You can't I, unsee it. I looked it up Did as you? I a have researcher not. and these guys are not the the primary researcher for this show. I've seen the images, it's horrendous. It's worse than you can even imagine. It doesn't look right. It that that's what it is. It's an unnatural setting and the way it is, it's just like who could do this? So that's enough about that. That's your warning. Um but yeah, she was she was not killed. It was an a mercy killing. It was mm. brutal. So um immediately Patsy and John were kind of like I mean 90 I think it's like a 92% chance that it's a family member when the body's found in the house, it becomes more of a focus of like, well, obviously it was the parents and they're just, we're, we're missing something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, the pivotal question being mostly who could do this to an innocent girl investigators immediately turn the focus on John and Patsy and the ransom note only raised more questions. Now here's some crazy shit. According to handwriting analysis, it was an 84% chance it was Patsy. What? Who wrote the ransom. Really? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to delve into theories here. Now. You're right. Uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to take in a lot of air real quick. Um, <laughs> Hiccups are certainly the way to go. Yeah. Why someone would write a ransom note if there wasn't a kidnapping? Now. Well, to throw them off the trail. When detectives. Of course. When detectives asked John Ramsey for handwriting samples, um, he gave them notepads he and Patsy kept for their telephone. The pages for the ransom note had been torn from Patsy Ramsey's notepad. So right Hmm. there, that's... uh, Did they say where that was located? In the house? Yeah, where in the house that was located? I don't know. I, I think I think it was. Well, it says it's by the telephone. Now this is ninety six, so they had an actual telephone. Mm-hmm. So, so just kitchen, picture, maybe, probably around there, bedroom. Yeah. Um. So as all bathroom, of the, if you're me, as the attention turned to the <laughs> the couple, folk. I mean, that's the that's all they have. They don't. They have a ransom note, which is like I said, pretty long winded. <clears throat> <clears throat> Anyway, as all attention turned to them, video surfaced of Jean Benet in beauty pageants, and that was a lot of what was played mm. on major media. Um, the nation was now fixated and seemingly couldn't take its eyes off this little girl and her parents. It only got worse from there, though, because John and Patsy Ramsey did not sit down for a formal interview, and police for mm. months after Jean Benet was killed couldn't get them to come sit down with them. Leaks began to surface from within the Boulder Police Department, saying the family was uncooperative. Ramsey, however, tells a different story. What's up, Josh? I can understand that, though. Whether, and I mean, obviously our verdicts will come later, but whether they did it or not, uh, for the sake of this, we'll say that they had no part in it whatsoever. I'm sorry, but if it were my kid, I wouldn't want to sit down to talk to anyone about it. It'd be too painful to talk about. 
Right. And I agree. Like, sure, they I, they I had think, high paid lawyers to oh yeah, do the you're, talking for them. You're a multimillionaire. Yeah. Well, he supposedly, you know how the ransom note, like, like I read, said that they were waiting for a phone call. The time passed. Nobody paid attention to it. And the FBI did come out and throw a wiretap out there. But that was it. Everything else, any other cases of abduction that happened, especially with the FBI, with somebody who's a multimillionaire tied to Lockheed Martin with missiles and guns, they get like 20 agents. In this case, it was like two guys that just showed up and threw a wiretap. Who just happened to be available because it's Christmas. Maybe. Right. But at the same time, this case was treated so poorly. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you find upon repeated like research into this is that the Boulder police fucked up. Like, here's the thing. When John found that body, when he found his little girl in the basement, he picked her up, which you're not supposed to do. I mean, it's a crime scene. I understand. I understand. But there was a cop there and she did who let it happen. She moved the body and then he moved the body and then she moved the body. And then the mother came down lost her shit like you would Mm -hmm. and then she was all over her little girl trying to wake her up and she's dead as a doornail so they're they're moving the body around they also had like basically all their friends came to the crime scene on top of that the fact that john found the body is actually questionable in of itself because technically when they secured the scene they should have they should have and even as at the time it was a, a ransom note, they didn't know where the body was. But the only reason he found the body is because the cop allowed him to just wander clean evidence. I mean, if he's the if he's the culprit, mm-hmm. he which is you're saying like 90 percent chance. Yeah. I mean, he went downstairs and found the body. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the cop let the person that could have that should. I mean. That nine times out of ten is going to be the culprit. Just walk through the house, right? So if you if you allow that to happen, it, it to me it just calls into question the entire investigation and the mm-hmm. whole way that the whole thing operated. I understand it's Christmas. Christmas is sacred to Jesus, Allah, Buddha, whatever. I think but, it's Jesus. Yeah. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> so the whole thing, like should have been handled so much differently. This seems like a a second grade cop that's throwing this all together because it just doesn't make sense. But anyway, so, okay, we're going to continue on. So, um, now Ramsey's attorneys asked for transcripts of initial interviews that the couple had given to law enforcement because these guys, they lawyer up all the time, especially if you have anything to do with like, weapons yeah um quote and not only would they not give those transcripts of our previous interviews they refused to release john benet's body for burial and that just incensed our attorneys because it's wrong according to john ramsey quote so that sort of started this whole we don't trust you you don't trust us environment well, the attorneys got the body released from the police so they could bury her. And after the funeral, we went back to Boulder to help the police and let Burke finish out his school year. Now, Burke was nine to ten. Um, We'll get more into his case in the second segment, but he's an interesting individual. I will say that. 
Um, Ramsey says the couple completed about a hundred, wow, a hundred and fifty hours of police interviews, which, jeez, even an hour is is long, but a hundred and fifty mm-hmm. hours. That's a lot of no. I wasn't there. Yes, we I haven't even there. done 150 shows. Yeah, and these Which are about it, an hour this long. Is, this is episode 80. So to yeah. give you context, that's another like halfway there. Yeah, that's another 70 episodes after mm-hmm. this. Um. So anyway, private information becomes public. So details of what should have been a non-public murder investigation became front-page news, which is part of our culture. That's our culture. Let's see. That's 96. When was um. Isn't that this? Is that the same year as a uh, Columbine? It was a year after, wasn't it? Future episode. That's later. That's it like, was afterwards. It's, it's either one year or two. I'm not sure because I kind of in my mind that's like the the beginning of the of the 24 hour news cycle on one story till the next story pops up. I feel like for me, I, I feel like that happened with OJ Simpson, but that was mm, okay, and that was just a future couple episode, years before, too. yeah. Columbine was on April 20th, 1999. Wow. Okay. Wow. Seems later than yeah. I thought. Um, so anyway, details of what should have been non-public murder investigation became front page news. It was undisputed even by those in charge that the crime scene had been compromised on December 26th because so many people were in and out. Now, Jeez. the Ramses were part of the white people rich society. Mm-hmm. So anybody that came over and that was like, I'm Mr. Billington. and I live next door in the 5K or 5K. Good Lord. There's all sorts of noises going on over there. They're probably drunk. So anyway, good acting, Ryan. (laughs) No, they come over and they're like, literally like, we're the white family. And we're just curious how the Ramses are doing. Would you like some butterscotch? We own the butterscotch company because we're rich and we're white. You know, I mean... Basically, their friends showed up and they just walked all over a crime scene mm-hmm. and nobody did anything to stop it. I mean, the thing is... She had Enos and... Uh, trying to come up with another Dukes of and, Hazard. And Dinas? No, I don't think that's how it worked. <laughs> Billy Bob. <laughs> Whatever, it all sounds Who's like... Who's the police officer of Andy Griffin? He was the other one. Oh, uh... I don't know. Marcus. Okay, so anyway, Biff Coppington. <laughs> Potential evidence was never collected in a timely manner to eliminate the likelihood of contamination. Forensic pathologist Dr. Daniel Spitz told CNN that all those mishaps hurt the investigation's conclusions from day one. For example, Spitz noted one aspect that could have been relevant to John Bonet's cause of death. John John Ramsey told CNN that upon finding his daughter in the basement, he removed duct tape from her mouth and threw it open on the basement floor. Spitz says the act alone of doing that, unintentional by all accounts, prevented a forensic accounting of whether that duct tape was a mechanism of death. It had fingerprint probably had fingerprints yeah, on it too for sure. The duct tape on the mouth on the mouth quote may have been part of the death sequence if, in fact, it was covering the nose and mouth together. We don't really know that. Now, unquote, Dr. John Mayer, who performed the autopsy, and a great guitar solo as well, concluded, (laughs) (laughs) your daughter's dead, (laughs) 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 pretty much. 
Don't go there, though. JonBenet's cause of death was suffocation in conjunction with forcible trauma to her skull. Despite issues with the crime scene investigation, Spitz says one of the best documented pieces of work in the JonBenet case is their autopsy report. Quote, he says, I think the autopsy report is probably the least disputed in terms of the cause of her death and the injuries that she sustained. It's all of those other questions uh, that have been evaluated and theorized and speculated about that still are not known and unfortunately may never be known, unquote, he said. While the Ramseys were slow to talk formally with law enforcement, they did appear on CNN, one of the first errors the family made, according to John Ramsey. Quote, that was a mistake. We had lost, we had our close friends, we had, a, we had suffered a major loss. We had a, our close friends who just insisted we do the interview with the major media. The media's focus on you as the kill, the, the media likes to focus on you as the killers, and they criticized Boulder. And you need to go out there and show people who you are, unquote, he says. And they keep insisting you've got to do it. You've got to go on TV. Their parents sent an incorrect message to the public that they would not talk to CNN, but not police. I'm sorry, that they would talk to CNN, but not police. So they would talk to the press, but they weren't going to talk to the That looks bad. It does. So a grand jury convened. Two years after John Bonet's killing in 1998, once again the murder was front page news constantly. You guys remember that, right? Oh yeah. Oh, because it yeah. would have been high school time for us. Um, but our, well, I knew it was coming. Kindergarten. Ninety six. I was eight years old. Rock the cradle of love. <laughs> All right. So, two years after John Bonet's killing, there was a grand jury in '98. Once again, the murder was front page news, but now it was the images of each grand juror whose identity was always kept confidential, which is important. Now, nonetheless, for the next 13 months, those jurors jurors heard testimony from law enforcement as well as civilians. John Ramsey's children, including Burke, who was in the home when his sister was killed, took the stand. John and Patsy Ramsey were not asked to testify, which is That's weird. You have to watch your own son, who's probably 10 or 11, go up there. Or, well, he would have been 12. He would have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is like. Uh, it. It's suspicious. Maybe. But anyway, I'm going to bring up the grand jury later because there's some ties. Um, at the conclusion of the proceedings, Boulder County District Attorney Alex Hunter convened a press conference broadcasting live nationwide. Hunter announced that there were no charges in the death of Jean Benet. So even after a huge jury, grand jury situation, after, you know, months and years of dealing with this stress, never finding any leads in something that was, I mean, the internet was still around at the time. You could, you could still download MapQuest, you could still find a way to get to <laughs> Nashville, I guess. It just it just blows my mind that it was it was so hard to pinpoint a good lead. Mm-hmm. Um, now, local reporter Charlie Brennan says it really kind of left the community hanging, like almost in like a gray fog of like what the fuck. Um, quote: It was highly unsatisfying conclusion for the media and members of the community because it felt like there were obviously things that weren't said during the grand jury investigation. 
Brennan's hunch was right at the time. As time went on, he started to hear some rumors and his sources told him that they had been, there had likely been an indictment. Now, Brennan contacted every grand juror he could find, explained to them the historical importance of the public finally knowing what was actually going on with this. You know, what, what the fuck happened? Why are we hiding details? Quote, I was able to persuade several grand jurors to confirm for me the fact that they had been, they had voted to indict. Unquote. Now, Brennan broke his news in January 2013 in Boulder's local newspaper, The Daily Camera. From there, Brennan filed a lawsuit to get the grand jury indictment made public. The judge partially agreed, releasing four pages of the indictment while keeping the remaining 14 pages under seal. Stan Garnett, Boulder's current district attorney, told CNN that one day before being sworn in as district attorney of Boulder in 2009, he was told in a top-secret meeting about the unanimous decision in favor of charging John and Patsy Ramsey for the murder that had been made by the grand jury in 99. Garnett says Hunter's decision made history for Colorado. Quote, there had never been a circumstance quite like this. A grand jury had returned a true bill. The DA had refused to sign it, and it remained secret for a long time, and eventually its existence became known. We were treading new ground. So this is kind of like one of those situations where like you have a, you have a set idea of what's going to happen in a, in a grand jury investigation. And this was one of those rare circumstances where it was like, Oh, we might have some evidence and no one's releasing it because Mm. they're rich and they're white. Mm -hmm. And John Ramsey had his theories, his, his main theory. I'm sorry. It sounded very weak. John Ramsey just wanted to go home during the whole investigation. He treated it like it was annoying. Mm. Um, Wow. Quote from John. We were given, we were told that they were given like five choices, probably one of which was first degree murder. They'd been sitting there for 13 months, probably wanted to get out of there. I'm sorry. That wasn't John. That was one of the jurors. Um, So, the the feeling is that they found something. I don't know what happened, but it silenced enough people to say, shut the fuck up and let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to delve in a bit more and I'm going to get modern on you with some really fresh theories. A little bit about our little boy, Burke. I don't know. I just have a note. Oh my God, this is a baby checker. you tap dancing in heaven John Bonet I'm going to go through a couple of theories and then we'll go into pop culture but um 
Thanks, Elvis. CR Elvis episode. That was a good one. So, there are many theories about Jean Bonnet and her death. Um, so I'm going to delve through a couple of them. Uh, if you're that adamant about finding out who killed this little girl, join the club. Cause just about everybody on the internet is got a theory about John Bonet and we'll weigh in on our verdict soon enough, but here we go. So now Netflix did a documentary, which Josh, I'm sure is going to bring that up. So I'm going to skip that. But um, they talk about certain things like what we are going to. So now, Patsy Ramsey. Now, as the mother, what is, what is the theories behind her? So there's a popular theory that Jean Benet's parents are responsible for her death. Now, Patsy Ramsey said that she first knew Jean Benet was missing when she found a two and a half page written ransom note at the bottom of her staircase. Now. The note is filled with quotes from movies including Dirty Harry, Ransom from 96, and Speed from 94. Analysis of the note says that it was probably written by a woman, Hmm. which many believe to be Patsy. Patsy had that 84% chance rate that it was her. Um, was believed to be a strict mother, and some claim she physically punished Jean Benet for peeing the bed and accidentally killed her, so she staged a kidnapping. Good lord. Now, what about the dad? The theories that Jean Benet's parents committed the murder often stem from the strange behavior after the fact and the lack of footsteps of any kind in the snow surrounding their, their home. John Ramsey's the one that found his daughter's dead body in the basement wine cellar and carried her upstairs. He removed the tape from her mouth and covered her in a blanket, which could have been, which I mean, it could have destroyed evidence. Um, in 2008, Patsy and John Ramsey were officially cleared of any involvement by DNA. Now Burke brother, he was young, but not too young. At the time, and his sister was the main focus of attention, specifically. So, Burke Ramsey is JonBenet's older brother. He was nine years old when she was murdered in 96. Some theorists believe that he killed JonBenet when he angrily threw a flashlight at her head. There was a blow to JonBenet's head and a flashlight in the kitchen where the two kids had allegedly eaten pineapple before bed. It was discovered that JonBenet had eaten pineapple shortly after being killed. This popular theory also posits that the parents are to blame for covering it all up. So it's like if the kids got in a fight and the parents are like, fuck, get the one kid killed the other kid. We shouldn't have started doing coke on our own in our own bathrooms in the West Wing. Now our kids are killing each other and we have to figure out how to make this look like something um so that whole that whole situation got kind of botched um in the in this theory specifically um the case of John Benet Ramsey that aired in 2016 by CBS 
Professional investigators looked into this case and interviewed friends of the Ramseys, included that Burke likely did it. Hmm. In December 2016, Burke filed a lawsuit against CBS mm. for a massive $750 million against alleging the defamation of his character, which makes sense. I mean, if you didn't do it and you're just the brother and like people are talking yeah. shit, you know, mainstream media can cough that stuff up. Now, John Mark Carr, uh, he'd been arrested on multiple charges, including child porn. Claimed that he was in the Ramsey's house the night of the murder and saw John Bonet die, but isn't the one who murdered her. Now, quote, he said, Nobody wanted that little girl to die that night. Nobody, unquote, Carr said. Quote, her death was an accident. I was with her when she died, but I was not the person who caused it. Now, I have to bring this up, and I hate bringing this up, but there were, there was DNA. Somebody performed some sort of sexual act. Oh boy. And Jean Benet had actually been complaining to her mother before this all happened that she was having nightmares about people touching her and that um she kept seeing like figures in her bedroom. So continuing on that sad sack of shit. Um Carr claims that he still knows the identity of the killer. He says that he staged the crime scene in order to throw the police off the track of the real killer. Carr was cleared from any charges after no tissue samples or bodily fluids matched his at the scene. Now, there is a Santa Claus theory, which might sound crazy, but like there was... does break into houses there a was, lot. Yeah. There was a uh, a Christmas party with an ex-journalist. Now, specifically a Santa Claus impersonator named Bill McReynolds two nights before JonBenet was killed. McReynolds was at the Ramsey house dressed as Santa. He reportedly gave JonBenet a card that said, quote, you will receive a very special gift after Christmas. The vagueness of this message in the card has led some to believe that he was behind it. Now, McReynolds claimed he was innocent in 2002 and there's been no follow-up to that. So, uh, well, this is from business insider.com, but they say an owl did it <laughs> or another wild animal. Animal hairs were found on job. Damn owl. <laughs> Let's. Uh, so animal hairs were found on John Bonet's body and on the duct tape covering her mouth, which led to some crazy theories that an animal, like an owl or a Gryffindor, be- or maybe it was, a- <laughs> they say, or maybe it-, it was an owl or a beaver killed her. Beaver! <laughs> but there's no explanation for how an owl could make a homemade garrot. So... Those are some theories. There's also a couple more I want to say before we jump to our next segment. Um, um, there's a theory that this is all tied to 9-11. Oh, come on. Well, now he was involved I, in a... Yes, he was. And he would have seen some pre-planning. Now, some people think that maybe the child pornography, child pedophilia network of the government that uses that to like hone who's part and who's not in the decision making process 
saw that he had a young daughter and wanted that to be a sacrifice and, or, you know, a child prostitute and he wouldn't allow that to happen. So those people rebelled against him and the real American government, which is kind of like a subsidiary of like individuals that have to deal with like major corporations kind of fell off. Sorry, I yawned. I'm tired. I've been a male prostitute too many days. But anyway, so there's there's issues where those, there's people that think that maybe he has something to do with it and that he rejected the 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 um the people that were involved with the planning that went into 9/11 because they wanted to have a war with the Middle East and they knew the kind of money they could make being a weapons manufacturer. Um, I also want to say real quick, 118,000 is an interesting number and I could bring up a lot of instances of why, but the main one that I want people that are listening to know is that his work bonus that year was 118,000. Oh, so Mm. if you think about it as a act of terrorism against somebody who's got a beautiful young pageantry daughter and doesn't like his involvement with weapons and dealings. It kind of makes sense. If you think about it, take the bonus away from the asshole that you're trying to like rebel against. But that's a few thoughts off the top of my head before we jump into pop culture. I also want to say real quick, this case is fucked. In so many ways, it's not even funny. Um, I thought that I was going to try to read off all the SBTC explanations, but I really think that a lot of it is just far reaching. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is that um, one of the abbreviations actually deals with captain. Um, the last two letters are TC, the captain. Um, salute something, the captain. I don't know off the top of my head, but I know that a lot of it has to do with the theory that these were people that he knew, John knew. And when he broke some sort of deal, it led to some sort of like a rebellion. And it's, it's really scary to me to think that like with, with how trivial and hard life can be at times that some of his friends probably, I don't know, let's get into my verdict, but it's just the whole thing smells of like corporate greed to me, just going from right where we're at. And it just, it's just sad to me because this is, you know, such a, such a innocent bystander who tried her hardest to make her mom and dad happy. Well, especially when uh, you have little girls. Right. And that's the part that always, that I got hung up doing the research for this. And I, I promise I actually researched this. It wasn't just fly in my (laughs) pants. Anyway, I'm getting kind of dry mouthed. I need a little bit of. It's time for the pop culture minute. Sonic Sonic boom. Uh, obviously, 
the circumstances of this entire uh, murder. It's had some pretty big effects on pop culture. But first, I, I kind of want to mention the different videos that you can find. Like Ryan mentioned, there's actually uh, Netflix. It re- they released a documentary this year, actually, April 28th, 2017, called Casting John Bonet. Uh, there's been multiple uh, documentaries put out on Nightline, a TV. It's it's pretty easy to find all these different uh, documentaries about her. And, of course, all the information that's been coming out uh, since then, because constantly new details and different theories. <clears throat> but... Really, the biggest thing that it's affected as far as pop culture is concerned, though, is the the crime scene. And that alone has affected true crime. Mm. You can find uh, all sorts of different shows. Um, but the big ones and some of these I know uh, are pretty huge. Just this past, oh, it was a couple of years ago. We saw the Netflix show Making a Murderer was uh, put out on Netflix. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show, but it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, they go into great detail on how this this guy is uh, he's there's a murder and he's falsely accused and then he goes to jail for all these years. It's it really is insane. But there's also, of course, the people versus OJ Simpson, an American crime story, uh, serial, the jinx. I love serial. You should check that. If you're a podcast listener, obviously you've probably heard serial and uh, there's been different uh, places where the special victims unit. Yeah. Yeah. SVU. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Phil has been trying to get to the bottom of this as well. <laughs> I know it's it's Dr. Phil, but I'm trying to get to the bottom of this, ladies and gentlemen. Where's your anger coming from? That was way better. <laughs> Actually, it was pretty good. He and we'll we'll have to post this clip because it is it's. Oh, the it's interview creepy. with Burke. Yeah, he yep. He had Burke he on an, for an interview, and he asks him point blank questions. Did you kill your sister with a baseball bat or whatever? And the whole time, Burke is like smiling and uh, he's shaking. It's it's he's probably it's nervous. very fidgety, but it's under. There is one thing you should say. He's a. He's he works from home. He's a software engineer guy, mm-hmm. so he's also not used to being mm-hmm. in the limelight. And he's reliving that whole, you know, death of his sister, uh, right? Huge, the horror of that, hugely well, traumatizing. I yeah. would imagine. Well, that's why they say, especially the shaking. But at the same time, they also they say that the shaking could be from having to relive that that morning. Mm-hmm. It could be from. Being nervous and trying to lie, like, and that's the thing. Then it's, why would he go on Doctor Phil, right? <laughs> and especially because he's supposed to, he is supposed to be uh, socially awkward. Mm-hmm. I know that if I'm talking to somebody and having to answer like mm-hmm. really important questions, I'm very nervous as well. Mm-hmm. This is like 
obviously not nothing small. Like, did you kill your sister? And I would be freaking out too. What guilty guy's gonna go on Dr. Phil? You just stay at home. It could be worse if you go on Springer. But if you want to see anything uh, to really get the full picture, because obviously we were only an hour long show, there is a great uh, Discovery follow up uh, three part special called John Benet and American Murder Mystery. So I would recommend checking that out or Annie's two hour documentary, The Killing of John Benet, The Truth Disc- Under. Uncovered, and uh, that's the uh, truth. Undiscovered, uncovered. <laughs> yep, uncovered. Write that down. I had a Ryan moment. I'm sorry. Anyways, that's all I got, dudes. <laughs> all right. Do we have a Yahoo? No, there's not a lot out there. So I think it's time for us to jump into a verdict. In one corner, a small casket. In the other corner, four podcasters that you trust more than your life. Poor Gary Coleman. (laughs) All right, little buddy. What about the little guy from Kid Rock? Little man, yeah, little, him. Little me, mini little, me, little little turbo. Three dollars to have him come up with his name right now. Wasn't that like Jerry or something? I don't know. Little oh. man, Munchkin man. Wait, 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 wait. Who gives a shit about Kid Rock? Wow. Is that what we're talking about? A lot of people do actually. It's pretty popular. All right, fuck that guy. You may have heard of him. We are going to surmise what we think actually happened to Jean Benet, given the information we've spelled out tonight, off the off the top of our heads, because people constantly weigh in about this sort of stuff. So, Josh, what do you think? Oh man, this is a tough one. This might be one of the... I've been thinking very hard about this because I did some research before That's what recording. that burning smell was. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Now we know. <laughs> and throughout this episode, I've been thinking a lot about how I feel about this because if you had asked me a week ago, I would have told you, oh, yeah, it was the, it was the brother who did it because there's mm-hmm. all this information about him. <sighs> I do think that the parents did it it sucks uh but there's just there are too many things about this that don't add up to me the phone call to the police the mom she sounds i don't want to say like she's acting but it's not convincing to me uh the removing the moving the body around uh tampering with everything and here's the thing that bothered me bothers me i think the most if your kid is missing, personally speaking, I would go through every single inch of my house. And the fact that they found her in this this random odd, like the, the cellar, like the wine room, how did they not check in there? 
because they found the note first. But the fact that they all they had the, the police were there and they didn't see they didn't do like a sweep of the house as well. Yeah, the third crew. And that's Christmas crew. And that's another thing that gets me. Coincidentally, this is happening Christmas where as you pointed out, Larry, everyone's going to be on Christmas vacation doing things with their families. So the people that are working during holiday seasons are the third string, if you will. <clears throat> Don't to tell me. <laughs> I mean, and it's no disrespect to those police officers, but they're not going to be as experienced as your normal guys that you would have go in there that would know how to sweep through. I, there's the fact that the the note is such a high probability that it was the mom that wrote it. I think that I, I don't. Well, I don't want to think about why they decided to do this. But it, there's just too much that points that they had a hand in it. I think it's deplorable. They're terrible human beings. I think the brother knows what happened. And I, who, why would you want to come out and say this was your parents, especially if they're part of this huge uh, company that makes all these weapons and whatnot? You'd want to stay as far away from that as possible. Well, which shit, is, after they killed your sister exactly and why why all of a sudden does he live in basically solitude get away from everybody it sucks i don't like it these people can just burn in hell but that's that's kind of what i'm thinking yeah i think i have a pretty similar verdict on this one i think it was maybe a mommy dearest type of situation where because she pushed her so hard, I would have to imagine that she was not a great mom to begin with. And that's, of course, just speculation. But I think the mom did it. The dad helped cover it up because the it's the $118,000 in the ransom note that gets me like that specific number. You know, I would have to imagine that there are only a handful of people that would know that that's his exact Christmas bonus, mainly being himself and his wife. And yeah, the fact that her, that it was an 85% match to her handwriting is just super suspicious. And the fact that they let him like help do the sweep and he's the one that found the body. I don't know. It's all a bit fishy. Yeah. And this is a multi multi million dollar family, 118. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, good lord! If you're going to go after a family that has that much money, right. you could say like, I go want big 50 million. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by people. Like, this is how I would react in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't no idea how I would react in a situation if someone was murdered in my family. I yeah. may go off the hinges. I may, I mean, I don't think I would be thinking clearly to say, yeah. oh, I got to do a clean search of the house with a gun and a flashlight and kick down doors and rappel down buildings. I don't think I'd be <laughs> in any shape to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely, I don't think it's the parents. I think it's definitely somebody who works with him. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't, he, he, I mean, he is in charge of very expensive contracts. And if he's balking at something, these people are not to be fucked with, and they will know right. how to get into your house without any trace. And they will kill, and they will kill your daughter, and you will never find out who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think they knew what they were doing by doing it on Christmas. They knew that this 
the investigation would get fucked up. These are government officials. If they're not government officials, they know government officials. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. The fact that if they go after the daughter, it's going to scare the dad. Maybe he was going to do something and everyone else is like, no, you got to go this other way. This is the no. Yeah, because I think it was either the father or the mother. They're still married. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't see how a married. She died. She died. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a weekend at Bernie's situation. He's got her. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did she die? What did she die? 2005. Of? Did you say this in the thing and I just didn't hear it? No, no. Okay. I'm like, that was kind of a late thing. Like, I'm not drinking anymore. I should have caught that. <laughs> I am, but I just didn't bring it up. Um, So she died in 2005 of what? Hold on. I'm looking it cancer. up. Two cancer. Two gunshots to the back of the head. Two gunshots to the cancer. <laughs> she got in a car accident. But they were still married, right? a bullet in their head. It was ovarian cancer. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and they were, they were married. married until she died. Yeah. I don't see a marriage surviving that if one or the other did it. Or even they both did it. She would have confessed if she knew something. But that's my verdict. And I guess... Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Here's my deal. <clears throat> As much as I've looked into this, I really do think it's probably like a private group. I think it's they knew how to get in through the back window, which is where the girl that heard the scream from the daughter. I think they shocked her with some sort of shock instrument, dragged her downstairs. She woke up in the middle of some sort of like dispute and then they took the shock, the shocker. Oh, shit. oh my. Oh. Derek goes, oh, it's dead. It's dead. No. Oh, fuck. Right on the recorder. This is one. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. I got excited. There it goes. Oh, no. He, he bumped the thing. Uh, well, this is still recording. He just, all it was is he bumped that. So the, the recorder. Right into the inserts, too. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen. It's, we're still recording. We're still recording. We got the, the main recorder is still going. That's why we record. That's why we back it up. Yeah. All right. Brian spilled a beer. Um, true story. I listened to quite a few different episodes of um, different different may still work documentaries. <laughs> it's be sticky, stickier than a Norwegian whorehouse. It still won't be as sticky as KFC. Okay, that's greasy what? though. More it is greasy, you're more right. Greasy than sticky. I'm just sad. It's gonna be interesting to edit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll keep it all in. No, the the, tr- <laughs> the the truth of the matter is, um the more the more research that I did about it, the more confused I got. And it's really hard to pin down. Honestly, it's really hard what? to pin down. But I do think that it was like a third world group. I think it, I think it was I think it was something that had to do with business and people behind the scenes and groups that we don't understand as Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's sad. It's something that John and I think his wife, who would have hopefully 
in her time understood. They had a beautiful daughter and they lost her because that whole thing is so fucked. Ugh. I think it was somebody they will never find. That's my verdict. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to quit. To quit what? Oh, my. Wiggle bull. Fuck. <laughs> quizzical. Let's get quizzical. Quizzical. I want to get quizzical. Let's get into quizzical. I'm drunk, but I'll make sure it happens. Ladies and gentlemen, your quiz. Dead babies. No, just kidding. Jeez. <laughs> Rigor mortis. I almost destroyed Josh's floor after that. After I destroy your mixer, I'm just going to. Pretty sure you destroyed my bathroom after you had a break. <laughs> Did anybody else see him kind of putting his shirt on after he left that bathroom? Yeah, me too. I didn't shit in your bathroom, sir. No, we're going to do a Christmas one. Just Aww. try to kind of oh, go off on a... I'm screwed. A positive note here. April's going to win. Well, I think you got a chance here. Yeah. Who plays the role of Scrooge in the hit movie, Scrooge? Ryan. Ryan. Bill Murray. That is correct. One point. Ryan. Which band created the hit Christmas song, Little Saint Nick? April. April. Beach Boys. That is correct. Little Saint Nick. <laughs> According to the song, Deck the Halls, what kind of instrument should you strike? A. Piano. Bells. A. Piano. B. Flute. C. Harp. D. Drum. April. April. Harp. That is correct. April 2. Ryan won. Hi, Josh. (laughs) If you were born on the 25th of December, what would your Zodiac sign be? April. April. Capricorn? That is correct. April 3. Ryan won. How's it going, Josh? I told you. (laughs) Question number five worth for five points. Christmas. We give a little extra bonus sure. here. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> hey, you never know. Which of these characters is the villain in the Christmas film? Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Ryan. Ryan. Jack Frost. Woohoo! All right, Ryan. Damn it. I finally had one I knew the answer to. <laughs> Who's he played by? Martin Short. Mmm. I have no idea. Yeah, it's it's March. <laughs> Question number six worth more points. Who broke the mixer? April. April. Ryan. No, that is correct. No, she is wrong. Josh. Josh. Dirty dick nipples. <laughs> Both are correct. <laughs> I try to be a good man. I really do. Well. <clears throat> really do hope you enjoyed this Chambonet episode. 
<laughs> oh. It's a dark it's a dark one, so we tried to yes. inject a bit of humor. Coming in like a um, dark horse. Obvious obviously what it would the fuck was it, that? It would be nice. The volume a little too high, sorry about that. <laughs> Jesus It's Christ. hard to tell what the levels are. It would be nice for there to be justice for this little girl. Justice and no Batman. No peace. I feel like Batman when I say that. But true story, poor little girl. Yes. Yep. Anyway, Josh, what are you doing when you're not here? Uh, let's see. I guess I should probably do the Potty Slam podcast. Yeah. You can find that on Facebook and Twitter and Potomatic. That's a show done by myself and Larry in April. And that's a professional wrestling uh, podcast where we talk about strange and funny stories from the locker room and beyond. Indeed. And of course, uh, if you like listening to me, come listen to the Women with Wine podcast. It's out every Thursday. I do it with my friend, Amy. Uh, We get together and drink a bottle of wine and just talk about stuff that we think is interesting. We just had our trashy TV episode, which was great. That was a good one. That was a fun one to talk about. Uh, We are on Facebook and Twitter and Potbean. I felt like I needed it. Yep. You know, we figured out that a one 750 milliliter bottle fits just perfectly in half in two glasses of wine. Perfect. So we just split a bottle of wine. It's meant to be. Exactly. Me. Yeah. The, the trashy TV episode, there were some pretty funny parts, but I tell you after listening, I was like, man, I need to take a shower because I just feel dirty. (laughs) (laughs) You love it. Ugh. Oh, me? Lawrence. I do a podcast? What? Huh? Yes, I do. And it's called the EFIS Podcast. It's a baseball historical podcast. We're in the off season, but guess what? We'll be back on Valentine's Day for a special Valentine's Day episode. Is it about boners? I don't know yet. Are you guys going to do it in a hot tub at the same time? I will bring that up to Marty. Ooh. Um, a very special hot all, tub episode. Yes, if all goes well, uh, that hot tub will look like egg drop soup when we're done. Catch it on <laughs> EFISPodcast.net. Human stew. I hope that you've enjoyed the shit out of this show and uh, more episodes to gum. That's where I operate. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you want to check us out uh, at Conspiracy T Show is on Twitter where we drop every episode, but like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes. Also, you can find us on Potomatic, Conspiracy Therapy Show Potomatic.com. And also you should Recommend us an episode to do. So, Conspiracy Therapy Show at gmail.com. <laughs> tell us what tell us what's going on. We'll read it. <clears throat> There's a lot of you out there. Yes. I know it. A lot I, of you I out interact there. To, I interact with you guys on Facebook and Twitter. Instagram and send pictures in- of your nipples to Ryan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Send him DM. Okay. We're gonna have a good send old fashioned nip off. Yep. <laughs> we will rate and review your nipples. Yep. So, does anybody have anything they want to add to this episode before we close out? Yes. Josh does. Uh, Based on what we had said with the episode with the mom being pretty harsh on uh, John Bonet, I just want to say that if you happen to see this kind of behavior from somebody, someone who's being uh, abusive, whether it be physically or mentally, 
to a ch- their child, don't hold back on that because it's only going to get worse. And if what you what you see publicly might not be the worst thing that's happening to that child in in private, and that can it, that kind of stuff can really mess up a kid. And so, if you happen to see something, don't be silent. Call your local child protective services. Yeah, you, you will, might be saving that child, or maybe even just tell the parent, "What are you doing?" That might not be. That might be worse. That's probably true. So you know, call CPS and have have them check it out because you could be saving a kid. I agree. Yep. Hey. Hey. I'm drunk, but I'll make sure it happens. <laughs> It's been a dark episode, but we just want to add a little bit of light. And the thing is, nobody wants to be miserable on Christmas. So does anybody have any Christmas wishes they have? Do we want to sing a Christmas song? Jingle bells. Deck jingle. my balls with what? bowels of holly. Nobody well, knows that. just that. went no. horribly just... wry. Silent. No, that's probably not the appropriate one to sing. <laughs> What do you guys hope you get for Christmas? Ooh, there we go. Xbox gift card. <laughs> what about you, Larry? Uh, I, you know, I just want my family to get together. That'll be good enough for me. Aww. I want a good meal, actually. I want to see you guys. Aww. Hey, are we going to do Secret Santa? We should. If we're going to do it, we need to do it tonight. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna figure it out. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna you guys figure it out and tell shit. us what to what and we'll, well, well, after we finish recording, we'll write on pieces of paper and pick names. What about you, April? What do you want for? What do I want for Christmas? Nice. That's not what I want for Christmas. I get that every other day of the year. Asher, go to bed. <laughs> um, boy, what do I want for Christmas? I don't know. I I'm, I told Josh I want some really simple things like more bobby pins and those are good and hair ties. Dude, <laughs> that's my microphone. God damn, it's my microphone. Well, my my pop guard that my well poop guard, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. What, are, what are we even doing right now? <laughs> no one knows. I don't. Uh, know. Well, I I know what you're getting for Christmas. We should be so. doing this like we sound like elves. Yay! Oh, jeez, Josh. <laughs> Just scream any louder? Good lord. Josh, help. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Larry Elf. Uh, wishing you all Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Yeah. This is, uh, Ryan Elf. And, um, drink up. Cause fuck it. I'm drunk, but I'll make sure it happens. <laughs> Barbie dolls again. <laughs> Damn it. Give them 
of a bottle of scotch, and the next thing you know, the birdhouse has no entrance.